Good day, everybody. Welcome back into Mining Stock Daily. We continue this Thursday with a corporate update from Meridian Mining and Chairman Gilbert Clark. Meridian Mining continues to trade on the TSX with MNO and on the OTCQB with MRRDF. Yesterday, uh, Gilbert, the company put out news regarding some new drill results out of the Cabasal mine area, the gold copper VMS deposit there in Brazil. Uh, some interesting news, not with the assay results, but really what you're finding, the mineralization, uh, and defining a couple new trends you say here in the news release. Uh, so walk us through what you found out with these latest drill results. Uh, hi, Trevor, and, and, and thanks again for having me come on the, uh, the podcast. Hey, just one new thing that's come on just with um, the regulators, uh, just to draw everyone's attention to the QP statement on our website. And please, in our corporate presentation, always read the disclosure if you wish to follow up after this interview. Just there's some new regulations coming out on social media that we mm-hmm. make sure we adhere to. Yeah, um, yesterday's release and in the drilling today. Well, what we've effectively done is, you know, when we drilled uh, the Northwest Extension, we hit some fantastic gold veins and structures. We when we found them up the very northwest end of it, uh, I think it was hole 49, we had 26 metres at 21 grams gold. The drilling then proceeded along that trend, essentially, back towards the mine. And we did our 50 by 50 metre grid, um, 50 metre long strike grid. And by the end of July, side of August, we got enough data together to freeze the database send it off to the QP and have him uh, do the resource calculation that we published on September 26. That, but since then, we've still been dr- drilling um, in the Northwest Extension and some of the exploration um, targets. Uh, and pretty much almost the same month that we suspended the database, we started hitting some very high-grade copper um, within that high-grade gold copper system. And this, what's really interesting about this um, say we start with hole on the news release hole 171. Um, we hit a, a zone of quite strong copper mineralization. Uh, it's very shallow. Um, it starts, it's actually part of a very broad zone, you know, 64 meters at 0.3, 0.3, but it had a very high grade core of uh, 13 meters at 0.9 copper, 1.6 gold. And within that, we could actually see some even really intensive. Uh, copper gold mineralization that went 4.8 meters at 1.9% copper, 3.4 grams gold, 11 silver, which I thought was very interesting. But this, where it was located in the model, is kind of close to the boundary of the indicated and inferred. So what we're doing is we're introducing um, locally metal into the into the resource model. And from that, we're getting more certainty on the resource, which is a fantastic thing to have. And then this this was actually one of three new lenses or or trends of quite high-grade mineralization that we're finding within the existing block model. So this is going to have a, a, you know, this is a very big deposit. Um, And in that local area, we are going to see increase in the metal content. At the same time, we've actually discovered a, a whole new gold trend in the Northwest Extension. This is actually to the southwest of the existing one, so we're actually stepping out now across the deposit. 
And hold one on his whole CD194 was very good. We had a, a quite an interesting interval there. We had 8.8 .8 meters at 4.8 grams per ton gold, uh, 0.2 copper, 0.8 silver. But it had a very high grade core, of, um, some 70 meters at 0.1 over 35 centimeters. But this is a whole new um, gold corridor now that we can extend and target to the northwest of it and to the southeast of it. And additionally to this, again, like CD171, it's introducing more metal into the model because of that part was, was sparsely drilled. But also it's quite close to the boundary between the indicated and inferred. So we hope that this will actually uh, bring more of those inferred tonnages into an indicated category. Now the third one uh, is by far um, the third high-grade gold zone that we discovered, sorry, copper zone actually that we discovered was um, a hole called 190 CD193 and that actually intercepted really strong uh, copper dominated mineralization uptip of the resource model and actually external to the model it wasn't inferred or indicated and that's on uh, page uh, figure three of yesterday's press release what that means is it's actually going to introduce additional tonnages in that part of the um, of the deposit and additional metal because when we did the resource we chatted about this previously it's a very tightly constrained resource model and that's important that you don't get overestimation of tonnages and overestimation of, of mineralization so that will be quite interesting for us and just have three new ore bodies or sorry or three new ore trends within the resource just shows the benefit of going through and now infilling um, it, because the Cabasol mine itself is sort of a, a, a fairly well-balanced copper-gold, copper-gold uh, and copper deposit, but it has these lenses of quite high-grade copper coming through. So we're now seeing some of those lenses, particularly the the one that was in the south um, um, CD171. We're seeing that potentially for, to link up with some of the high-grade copper-gold mineralization in the mine and it further extend that to the northwest. Gilbert, let me ask you this. And I, I, and I, I think one of the challengers, uh, investors and people watching the Cabasol exploration work have is figuring out, listen, we know there's, there's good gold grades, we know there's good copper grades, and then sprinkle in a little silver there. And I think maybe the ch one of the challenges is figuring out the continuity of where those specific mineralized events are occurring. You know, where is the higher grade copper? Where is the mm. higher grade precious metals content? And how are you, how is the company kind of starting to make sense of where those are? Is it more structurally along strike? Is it more certain depths that you're seeing different types of mineralization throughout you know, I guess you could say the Cabasol mine area, but specifically this Cabasol Northwest trend. Um, you know, I, I do think there's obviously mineralization there. I, I just mm. wonder if the challenge is figuring out exactly where those things are going to be, if the company knows where that's at, and how you can better communicate where those occurrences are taking place. Uh, this is really interesting because we've actually published onto the um – onto our corporate presentation and also into a technical presentation, a whole series of, of cross-sections of the deposit, stepping down the length of the deposit, but also a whole series of long sections that go the length of the deposit and towards the northeast. And what we get from that is we see these consistently joined up mass of mineralization. And within 
a VMS feeder system, which the cover cell deposit is, you never get just a consistent zone of, here you go, here's uh, 2 gram gold and 0.9 copper. You'll actually get, like, uh, I guess it's it's like fingers in dough. The, the dough is this big, massive, low-grade mineralization. Um, not low-grade, it's like uh, 0.5, 0.6 copper, 0.8, 0 0.9 gold. And then on top of that, you've got the VMS system has chondrites, I guess the best word to say, of quite intense VMS gold copper mineralization and, and silver is just all, all through this. Then what we have, you know, we have this flat-lying mass of, of VMS feeders. Along the length of the deposit, we see these structural corridors where gold has come through the later stage and in being planted and imprinted over the VMS copper, uh, gold copper system. So if you were an open pit and you were mining very selectively, um, you just mine, you know, in the deposits, it's got a vein of copper, gold and copper mineralization. Well, that's selective mining. But in bulk mining, you actually mine all of the mineralization. Now, when we go to do our studies on Cabasau, we're not going to be selectively mining it. We will be scheduling and we're doing studies to schedule to optimize the mining sequence. That's why we're going to be fo we're focusing on this very high grade, some three and a half million tons of inferred, of indicating inferred uh, grading, some two and a half grams gold equivalent recovery adjusted. So our deposit, don't, I don't want people to think, oh, this is a deposit where you have um, a, a layer here that's uh, very high grade and then there's nothing and then there's another part of mineralization. When you look at Cabasal, you've got to look at it as it is. There's 1.9 kilometers of almost continuous mineralization. And then from in that, we have almost continuously throughout the deposit, that 1.9 kilometers, we have these zones of VMS, um, gold and copper mineralization that are just throughout it. They might or not, not, they may not always be um, next to each other, may not always be above each other, but they're always present. And then, you know, the, the cream and the, of the coffee really is this high-grade gold. So we could go through these areas where the VMS system is poor. Like, I guess we could take in context, of that context, we could take in um, hole 194. We can see that it's, the VMS system is very poor there. It's 0.2 copper. No, 0.8 silver, but the gold is very strong because it has that gold overprint. Um, when I guess in, when we look at this in a regulatory sense, we look at the grades and the tons because uh, we have not yet published the PAA. But when I look at this project, I don't actually regard the um, the, met, the the metal grades. What I look at is what is the say on each of the resource blocks. What is the in situ value of the mineral of the metals? And what's their recovery? Because what we're looking at now is um, how do I how do I look at and then make the decision to justify what the potential revenue is going to be from this mine? And I look at my opex, I look at my cost decline, and what's what am I mining? And this is what draws me to this project. We're not looking at something selective. We're not looking at something that requires new technology to overcome low grades. We're not looking at something that requires new technology to overcome poor commodity prices. Let's ask you, where's the next round of drilling going to be coming from? Uh, there's obviously a lot of areas you could go test, but what's the focus right now? 
Oh, the, the focus of the drilling is it's sort of it's quite balanced at the moment. Um, we're doing still continuing with some of the infill drilling, and we can see today that you know with the infill drilling we can identify new high grade zones within the resource model and outside of the resource model. So we've got in that sense we have immediate exploration potential around the limits of the resource model. So there's exploration potential there in the resource drilling. At the same time, we have a rig that's been testing the C4A target. So we're going to see which is our, our gold and silver discovery. Um, you know, over time, you can see that we're going to we'll come to the day where the confirmation drilling and the last bit of technical drilling for the Cabasol deposit will be slowly phased out in 2023, and then our exploration program which has been very structured and low risk, will now be expanded along the, um, the, 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 the mine corridor of Cabasal. So we, we, we had great success in our first phase of drilling because we took a low risk target, very um, diligent due diligence before drilling, and we're going to replicate that now on the, say, the Santolina deposit, which you know it's exactly the same. It's smaller, by, of course, but it's much higher grade. And we have all the exploration upside along the belt. But, you know, we still do the same very systematic boring um, soil survey, geophysics. And then when we get to the, the expensive part of the world, we send in the, what we, I guess we could call the rotary lie detector, <laughs> and we see what's in the ground. And so far, because we do such a, it's not a flamboyant, oh, let's drill this because that's ultra high risk. We, we still persevere with our business model of not risking capital or shareholders' equity by just running out and drilling any any anomaly. We have to go through the process of, of targeting it and classifying and then drilling. All right. Gilbert, thanks for your time. Uh, we'll probably be catching up again here in the next couple of weeks, as we always do with as much drilling that's taking place there at Capasol. Uh, so until then, have a uh, safe and pleasant uh, fall, my friend, and we'll talk to you again here shortly. Thanks, Trevor. Really appreciate being on the show again today. Thank you. Right. That's Gilbert Clark, Chairman of Meridian Mining, and that's your corporate update again, trading on the TSX with MNO and on the OTCQB with MRRDF. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.